I, I do want to say one more he thing. He does not want to address one the, more thing. You guys the elephant know, in the room. You guys know uh, the other guard as well. The, the, other guy, the other guard we have. Mike's brain's not working right now. Or like, you're an idiot. But That's a benchmark. That's a first benchmark. 100 downloads. But uh, I'm going to make it through this. Oh, this is going to be good then. Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a midweek special edition of the Questionable to Return podcast. Today, we're going to break down some of the NFL moves, talk a little bit of NFL, Packers, Maybe if we get to it, fantasy football. But first, we have to correct ourselves. Always. There's always something wrong, right? So uh, the corrections we have from the last episode. Uh, yes, we do know that you get the ball at the 25-yard line, and it's not the 35-yard I'm so sorry. Yeah. Maybe you were we thinking of a different league. <laughs> I don't XFL I don't know. or possibly Mutant League football from SNES. I have one been playing, of those. Maybe I've been playing a little video games with with the with the son on the little Raspberry Pi retro Pi action. All right, we'll blame so it. So I don't even know, but I do know we get the ball to twenty five. I apologize. It's okay. Um, I said shameful plug. Yeah, he's he's embarrassed of having a charity donation. Apparently, yeah, no, it's, I didn't mean that. I don't know how to talk sometimes, so I do apologize. Shameless. Andy said it correctly. Plus, I do also promise that I did say undefeated. Okay. You not undefeated, but it's undefeated. Un. So I'll it, try to enunciate that part. I I don't have a dictionary for me, but it starts with a U, right? Not an L. Ugh. It's all right. Uh, speaking of dictionary, what is a millennium, Mike? Well, I I just said that out of habit. I thought everyone still said that in place of millennium. Uh, millennium was the hit Will Smith album that came out oh. just before the year two thousand hit. No, 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 no. It had Wild Wild West on it. I guess I thought everyone was still just saying that, that that had replaced the word millennium just in the lexicon, but I was completely off base. But well, Maybe it's a new thing. We'll just start it now. Yeah. It, it's Will Smith. It's, How can you go wrong? I mean, Will Smith is is the new genie. So, Aladdin. You guys see that? No? No. Yeah. The new Aladdin live. He's the genie. I don't know if I like that. I don't know either. Moving no. on. I said the Bucks are like through the roof in steals this year. So I think I just basically saw one steal and thought, man, they're making a lot of steals. No, they're not. They rank 28th in the league, have 5.9 per game, and Bledsoe also ranks 80th in the league. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry about that. But that happens. Happens to the best of us. Lastly, Josh McDaniels was fired during the 2010 season with Denver. Interim head coach... Eric Studsville then started with Tim Tebow at the end of the season. Yeah, because we were wondering if Josh McDaniels was responsible for Tebow in Denver, and he was not, which makes me want him as a head coach even more. Yeah. Also, Andy does know my last name. I do. I promise we actually are friends. Yeah. Can you spell it? I can. Oh, good for you. I won't do it on the air, though. Maybe one day. But I promise I do know it. All right, and that is, that those are our corrections. So we did get some mailbag requests to talk about some of the moves that happened today. So we decided to have a whole episode about that. Um, but still get your questions, comments into the mailbag at our website, questionabletoreturn.com and at the mailbag. But first, we'll do a couple of quick news items. 
Uh, Brewers, Mike Moustakis declined his $15 million mutual option on Tuesday. And Joaquin Soria also declined his $10 million mutual option and gets a $1 million payout. Must be nice. Yeah, I guess neither of them is too shocking. Kind of what we were expecting, right? right? That but it's official. Yeah. And Bucks are still un undefeated. No Giannis, no problem, right? Yes, they took care of Toronto. It was interesting. We we talked all about how what's Toronto going to do to guard uh, yeah. Giannis. Well, yeah. it's going to be quiet all day. Well, neither of them. Neither. Hey. It was a wash. At least we're going to have critics complaining like, oh, Kawhi didn't play, so it's an artificial Bucks team. It was a good show of our depth. Yeah, yeah. They had 58 rebounds again, which was pretty awesome. I mean, they just keep rebounding the ball and just shooting the lights out from three-point land they tied their franchise record and it was really nice to see balanced scoring no Giannis but balanced scoring it wasn't oh Middleton you have to score 30 now it was just you know everyone put in 15 to 20 right so we have a Celtics game coming up we'll talk more about that probably in our next podcast let it fly baby yeah so the big news of the day what everyone's been talking about is the NFL trade deadline and surprisingly this year was full of trades. Usually the NFL trade deadline means almost nothing. But this year you had teams making moves, even starting a little bit before the deadline. Some of the moves like Josh Gordon, Carlos Hyde, Amari Cooper switching teams. And, you know, I really feel ba- I I'm glad that the Patriots got Josh Gordon. I mean, they really had a tough go of it over the last few years. I mean, they're not. I really hope that that move really brings that franchise around. Maybe yeah. they can get back to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, you'd like to see him catch a break there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take you seriously. I can't even look at you talking right now. Oh, okay. Oh. And then they are my pick for the AFC, though. Yeah, and not a bad guy to uh, have around. You also saw the Saints got Eli Apple, the Eagles got Golden Tate, and the Rams got Dante Fowler. So Eli Apple, Saints looking to boost their secondary. Golden Tate's interesting. The Eagles, I guess they feel they just need more weapons around Carson Wentz. Yeah, they did um, get Matthews back recently. Uh, he probably hasn't been looking as good as they hoped, I'm I'm guessing. I, I don't. I didn't see any injuries yeah. from them. So And then Dante Fowler to the Rams is interesting because they're hoping to boost their pass, their edge rush. They have good interior rush. But the reason those three teams stand out is right now the Rams and Saints, best records in the NFC. The Eagles are the defending champion, so it's almost like a little bit of an arms race going on uh, with those three teams all trying to make moves because the NFC seems to belong to the Rams, but yeah, if you're the Saints... Big matchup this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, Rams Saints, play the Saints. Saints in New Orleans. That should be a Ooh, fun one. That'd be a good one. Yeah, that's Saints really put it put it to Minnesota too. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised. Very surprised with that. That the Vikings at home and the Saints moved the ball fairly fairly well against the Vikings. Breeze had only like a hundred yards passing that game too. Like they just, but they handled them. Yeah, counted so, a lot on the run. So do we feel a little bit lucky that we were able to play the Rams? I know we lost anyway, but we got to play the Rams without a Cooper Cup, and now. Now, I know Dante Fowler did have a slow start to the season, but a front line that's made up of all number one draft picks. I mean, you have Aaron Donald, who was the 2014 13 overall pick. Dominican Sue, 2010 second pick overall. Michael Brockers, 2012 14th pick overall. Now Dante Fowler, 2015 third pick overall. 
Yeah, that's an impressive collection of athletes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna, if you just want to put together just like all the best athletes, there they are. They're on the Rams' defensive line. They didn't help their secondary at all, which is kind of more of their glaring weakness. But they did. I, they did bolster that front line. If you could even imagine, they could even bolster it even more. They they well, sure I, found a way. I guess they're planning on their pass rush making up for the fact that their secondary is a little hit or miss. You got guys like Marcus Peters, who's like the new jump route, I want the ball kind of corner. Like, I don't care if I get burned right. three times a game. Uh, Sammy Shields. Same um, Shields. But yeah, is Tlaib still out too? He, yeah, he's still out, right? I think so. Yeah, he didn't play last week, but. Yeah, Peters is like a, I don't know, Terrell Buckley or one of those kind of guys right. going back. Just, I want interceptions. I don't care if I get burned. That doesn't show up on the stat sheet. So for the Jaguars, are you just, we're not going to probably resign them, so we're going to get what we can. And they actually did get a lot. I mean, a third-round pick this yeah. coming year and then 2020. Yeah, it seems a like a pick. pretty decent haul for him. Because he's a free agent at the end of the season, correct? Yeah. So it's a little bit of a half-season rental for the Rams. It's a pretty hefty price. Now, can you guys make sense of why the Lions first traded for Damon Harrison, defensive tackle, Snacks Harrison? They traded for him uh, a couple days before the deadline. He just signed a big deal like two years ago, but then they also became sellers and got rid of Golden Tate. So I don't know what the Lions' plans are. Are they buying? Are they selling? They don't know. They're a little um, anemic. I don't think they really understand. But I think Golden Tate's move makes a little bit of sense. Again, I think you saw a little bit with Demiris Thomas, too. Those receivers getting on the wrong side of 30, starting to slow down a little bit. And I think the emergence of Kenny Galladay. And you still have Marvin Jones. And I forgot the third wide out. But I think he, he played pretty well also playing that slot role. So I thought maybe they can get what they can for him. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year as well. Yeah, so it's a nine-week rental for the Eagles. It makes sense uh, that way. I just wonder, though, why they would also take on a contract for a D lineman. I know their run D has been bad, but it just seems like they should kind of commit Patrice to... Patrice is all D, baby. <laughs> commit to uh, buying or selling. Instead, they're somewhere in between. Maybe he just thinks that Stafford's going to throw the ball away, so they get rid of all the offensive weapons, so maybe they have to run more. And the other big name you just mentioned him that was traded was Demarius Thomas. Uh to the Texans because they lost Will Fuller. Does Thomas still have much left, Pete? You seem to think he does. He's on I your f- love Thomas. He's on your fantasy team. If he wasn't on your fantasy team, would you still feel that way? I think so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yes, his play has declined every year. It, we, I mean, since like 20, uh, 2013, I would say. 2014, he had like 1,600 yards and 111 catches. So he just, he's decreased since then. He hasn't missed a game in his career since 2011. The guy's pretty durable. He's a huge target. Deshaun Watson is a way better pass chucker than Mr. Keenum. I mean, I think I think it makes a lot of sense for the Texans. I mean, it gives them another weapon in that. Yeah, the Texans did need a tight end, so. <laughs> I don't kidding. know. I'm kidding. I, I'm I, kidding. But personally, I just I really do think it's a good move for the Texans. I just I think it gives them another target. Fuller, yes, you would probably rather have him, but I guess what does it do with with uh, Kiki, Kuti? I think he got injured too, didn't he? I don't I think don't, so. I feel like he had a hamstring. 
I think check all their hammy issue. I think every one of their wide receivers is listed as questionable. Yeah, every questionable week. he is, yeah. Every week, so it's hard to tell. Right. I know uh, DeAndre Hopkins is listed as questionable every single week. Yeah, he, he plays. Everybody's right. questionable to return, so. Nice. Even, even us. Nice even little us. plug there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, the Broncos get a fourth-round pick for them, essentially, and then they swap sevens. So, I mean, it, that's not terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense for the Broncos and the Texans. Broncos, Cortland you can tell. Sutton gets more time. Yeah. They're, you know, they're not the Broncos of a few years ago. The defense no. just isn't the same. And the Texans, you have to just go for it and try to win that division. That division is wide open now. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Losing Will Fuller, give Watson more weapons. I think it makes Denver interesting coming in the free agency. I mean, they shed $4 million this year, which they can probably roll over into next year in, in a $14 million piece that would normally go to Demirius. So I mean, that kind of opens up some cap room for them oh, in the yeah. offseason. But yeah, yeah you, the Texans look like they're the AFC South front runner right now with the Titans, Jacksonville, and the Colts all under 500 in that division. Which is funny because. It seemed like Bill O'Brien was very close to being fired a few weeks into the season. They started, was it 0-3? And then they all of a sudden they're on some big winning streak. It's another Bill Belichick coach tree guy. Yeah, yeah. that is. Patrice to the Lions. That's interesting. So speaking of hot seat with Bill O'Brien being being there, the Browns, not very shocking, but also kind of shocking a little bit. They decided to fire not only head coach Hugh Jackson, but they also get rid of offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Which anybody who watched Hard Knocks, I did. Do you guys watch Hard Knocks? Oh, yeah. It was fun to watch that tension building already in summer. And oddly enough, it leaves the only man standing being Greg, Greg Williams for now. Yeah, you you definitely felt watching Hard Knocks. There was uh, a lot of tension between the head coach, Hugh Jackson, and the offense and defensive coordinator, Todd Haley and Greg Williams. They just were not on the same page with how Hugh Jackson ran a team. They were questioning you know, letting players sit out of practice early on. Uh, I Congratulations, uh, Greg Williams. Comeback, huh? Yeah. From the right. hit list to <laughs> to back to head coaching. Does I he guess, have dirt on somebody? It, maybe he does. I thought normally he was the guy everyone had dirt on ever since, you know, the bounty gate or whatever they called right. it. But why now with Hugh Jackson? I guess that's the thing I wonder. He survived a 1-15 and an 0-16 season. It's great. They got two wins they and got a tie. Two wins, yeah, right. and a tie. That's and they've that's, been in overtime like every game. They've been in almost every f- single game. You got that's I mean, progress. I mean, they looked. I mean, just by the eye test, they did look like a much better team this year than the past couple of years. But now they find themselves back into a completely like full rebuild again. I mean, I think you look at development wise for their offense. It, I mean, they they've not scoring any points. Even that they're in these games and in overtime, they're still they still only have only scored 169 points this year, and they're in the bottom half of the AFC. So I think it comes down to that, where Baker Mayfield kind of you kind of see him degressing a little bit, and it's not going up like they kind of expected. I think when Baker Mayfield came in, then he had that one game where he went crazy. Right. Yeah. Are we just too used though to rookies succeeding early on that? Maybe this should be expected. I mean, he's a rookie. I know they have some decent oh, yeah, weapons. I think but so, too. Well, tell you, you get thrown in, and, and none of the defenses actually schemed or gamed for that quarterback, so it's not shocking that they do have some early on success. No, they don't film on the guy. They don't plan for him. The scheme's different. 
Yeah, I, th- I think everyone's too quick to uh, judge a rookie quarterback on whether or not he's amazing, like Deshaun Watson last year, or absolutely terrible, like Jared Goff his first year. And you know, look at what a difference a second year can make or a different coach. And yeah, same I mean, thing goes with even Peyton Manning had a terrible first year. Was what they won like four games, and then look at what happened. So yeah, so another two years, they'll be two years away. Oh, poor, poor, Cle- poor Cleveland. Bless them. What I did find also interesting, just one more tidbit about it, I heard McCarthy's name kind of rumored out there, thrown out as a potential candidate to take over that once they clean house in the offseason, linked to Dorsey. It's a question, guys. Hot seat for uh, McCarthy. One Scale of 1 to 10. Where, where are you guys at? 10 being most hot? 10 being like you're in the deep depths of hell. And one being like an outhouse in the middle of winter. Yeah. Um, I say a six and a half. I say there's zero chance they get rid of him during the season, and there's zero chance he's back next year. That's my general. Oh, take. that's interesting. I think it's likely he's gone, but I I agree. I don't think he gets fired mid-season. I don't think that's the Packers style, really. Right. Yeah, I'm around the same. I'm probably like fifty-fifty that he actually comes back next year i don't i don't know i I think we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the packers piece a little bit more about what kind of going on in in a little bit well the 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 fun thing to always uh look at in the nfl if you like to gamble is you can bet on the next coach fired whoever's playing the steelers (laughs) yeah mike tomlin good job at ruining the browns every year what is the stat on that romeo cornell Eric Mangini, Rob Jadzinski, Mike Pettin, we know him, and now Hugh Jackson. So the last six Browns coaches got fired right after losing to the Steelers? Yes. Coach killers. Tomlin, he is a coach killer. So one more punchline to wrap up the, the Cleveland debacle. So ironically enough, the Cavaliers also moved on from their head coach early in the season, so they said goodbye to Tyron Lue and Larry Drew was next man up. But Cleveland says goodbye to Hugh, Lou, and on to Drew. Boom. On to Packers. So we didn't mention the Packers when we talked trades. And they surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, shipped two players out of town. Uh, First, they got rid of Ty Montgomery for a 2020 seventh-round pick. Now, that seems like it had to be they were going to cut him, and they just sent out feelers. We'll take anything for him, right? I mean, yeah, I can't. maybe maybe he did ask for a trade. All of his comments he had the last yesterday, right? He had some pretty pretty dumb comments. I think I don't know. You shouldn't be saying those things. You keep keep everything in house. Like that's the Packer way too. But it's kind of impressive how Guten couldn't really put down his foot and just said, "You're out of here," pretty much. So, what do you think about the idea of? They get something for him. I mean, seventh round a year from now. But if you out, outright release him, what do you think the chances of Belichick actually picking him up or putting Clayman in just to like pick his brain for the weekend? Oh, that would be interesting. That would be very like a very Bill Bel- Belichick move to like, I want you to just come in and give me a scouting report. Yeah. So if it's, like, if it's a game of chess, then even that had plus one to Gutenkus to actually getting a something for him and get him completely out of the weekend. You know what else I think would be a Bill Belichick move? If he was GM of the Packers, there's no way we send him 
to Baltimore. We send him to Cleveland. Bill Belichick, <laughs> when he wants to punish someone, he banishes them to Cleveland. Even if it meant we had to throw in a fifth-round pick just to do it, I think that's what Belichick would have done. Enjoy your time in Cleveland. Never take the ball out of the end zone again. And we'll ever, ever since Cleveland fired him, he's always been after him. Yeah, we'll buy him a bus ticket to go to Cleveland. And I definitely don't blame the Packers for doing this. There were some reports that Montgomery was kind of sulking during the game because I guess he had a lot of family at the game outside of playing, you know, Oakland or San Francisco. That's as close as he's going to come to playing where he went to college in L.A. So he got a lot of family there and he wanted more touches because of his family being there. So maybe that was his motivation with taking the ball out of the end zone was that uh, I got to really have a good showing in front of everyone. Watch me win the game right here. He proved what he was worth. Yeah, I mean, you look at it just stats-wise. He was converted to a running back in 2016. Remember that year, Eddie Lacy only played five games, got hurt, I believe. James Starks and Christine Michaels. So he was converted to running back. He did pretty well that year. He averaged 5.94 per carry. But then next year, he already dropped off. He had 3.85 per carry. He only played eight games. Injury bug, as we all know, hurt him in his rookie year. He only played six games. He had an injury. So I just think he didn't know his role, but his role was you're there in case Williams and Jones are hurt. That was his role. They gave him the kick returning job because he needed playing time. You were paying him money, so you have to kind of get him on the field somehow. Um, So... I think that's the only reason he was doing kickoff return, to be honest. But that was his MO coming out of Stanford. He was supposed to be that kick return specialist that we needed. And I don't think he ever really became that great of a kick return no. person in the NFL. And then we got decimated, as you mentioned, running back. And it was just almost like, oh, let's see if you can. I mean, you have to kind of like the build. You're an undersized wide receiver, kind of a little bit bigger running back. Let's throw you in there. And that's where the kind of injury bug, like he was not built to take that punishment. No, I also think he just wasn't used to like taking the hits, like protecting himself in a way that running backs do when they're about to take a hit. He just didn't seem to have that in him where you know you kind of you know protect the ball and kind of avoid taking shots like to the head. And he just didn't he's a receiver. Was used to it. Yeah, right. he wasn't used to it. Yeah. And he was kind of forced into that. And he never caught on as that third down back. I was hoping he could at least be, you know, a guy who you put in there and throw him the ball once a quarter, run he, a screen pass. He yeah. was never a very elusive player. No. Yeah, because I mean, Mike used, used to be like a sure hands guy. And that was kind of like, okay, we could, he could play that little bit, that halfback, scatback type thing. But just never amounted to what. Yeah, it's almost his own fault that he was in that position too because he didn't he didn't perform the way he was supposed to so therefore we have to go draft Aaron Jones Williams and we did draft another running back that year too so I don't know I think we I don't I'm not gonna miss him no I I doubt many Packers fans well after this last game a lot of people and even some of the dirt that's now coming out of the locker room which I think is kind of interesting yeah so I guess uh the consensus is good riddance but maybe a less, or I should say more surprising trade is Haha Clinton Dix sent to the Redskins for a fourth-round pick. I know there were rumors that uh, Haha was on the trade block, 
but I'm still a little surprised based on especially a fourth round pick in return. I don't know. Do you guys think that's enough? I yeah. Mean, well, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. I, I, I'm okay with a fourth round pick. I think that's decent compensation. I think even if you let him go, you, you the season plays out, he stays in the Packers and then he leaves in free agency. I don't think we sign him. So you get the best you could get in a compensatory pick would be third. I mean, you're guaranteed to get, now you're guaranteed a fourth. Yeah. And he had been a pro bowler. He was leading the team in interceptions this year. He had graded out well by pro football focus. I wonder if... I wonder about that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much stock you can put into that. Well, I mean, if he's at the other side of the field, I mean, yeah, he's grading out well. But he's I, missing every, every play on the other side of the field. So I do think when you add up those kind of things, though, of like the Pro Bowl and, you know, leading the team in interceptions, maybe he was just asking for too much money. You know, in the league now where... Earl Thomas and Eric Berry have been the class of the NFL at safety, and those guys have now been hurt. Haha, Clinton Dix could maybe be asking to be paid the, the highest paid safety in the league. Maybe talks were just where the Packers were like, there's no way we're going to resign this guy for the money he wants. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay, player. He's durable. I mean, he started all 16 games. I, I, I think, think he's he, like, actually, he hasn't he missed a game, since, a game. He, since he came in the league. So, I mean, he's, he's a durable player. I can make sense both sides. I, I, I heard there's rumors coming out of last year. He didn't want out of Green Bay. Like even there was questionable coming out of 2017 towards the tail end. He made some questionable missed tackles with that Detroit game. Didn't look like you look like you let up or wasn't really attacking. And even questionable like tackles even now in 2018. So I, I think Washington bolsters their their push. I mean they lead the the NFC East. So now they get a little bit of more depth in their secondary. Packers get some. Another well-needed or well-wanted, desired draft pick for next year for Guten Goose. Yeah, I think it's easier too when uh, when you're a new GM. It's easier to ship uh, a guy out of town if you didn't draft him. This right. wasn't Gutekun Sky. This was a Thompson pick. So yeah, I guess. Uh, so now, who replaces Haha is kind of the question right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of have uh, five guys in mind. Uh, Whitehead saw a lot of, lot of time against the Rams. He played like ninety six percent of the, the safety position against the Rams. You have Josh Jackson, who was his snap count actually decreased. He only played two snaps against the Rams, which is surprising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jones, of course, we know he was injured at the beginning of the season. He's only played point eight seven, percent of the snap count. Uh, Kentrell Bryce been there all year. Kind of, he's probably. The other safety. Yeah, he'll be playing strong. Safety. But a guy, guy I'm kind of wondering about with the emergence of Alexander and King, does Tremont Williams move there? So I just got kind of want your guys. Yeah, I mean, he can play that hybrid position. It'd be interesting I, to see what they kind of. I mean, that's definitely an option. So I guess looking at it short term and long term, in the short term, it seems like, I mean, it has to be Whitehead for a little bit, right? Or at least a few games. If they were going to move to Tremont, that probably comes later in the season. But what about the idea of Josh Jackson being a safety? I mean, he's... That's what he was in college, right? He was a corner in college, but he's considered too slow to play NFL corner. That's why he fell a little bit in the draft. Uh, 
He's such a ball hawk, though. Yeah, some Badgers fans will remember the game at Camp Randall last season. The Badgers' defense was just dominating Iowa's offense. Iowa could do nothing on offense, but Josh Jackson had two pick sixes to keep him in the game. It was incredible. And with those kind of ball skills and maybe a lack of you know, top-end speed, I think it makes a lot of sense to move uh, HaHa now if they think Josh Jackson could step in and be a safety. Like you said, I think they have some options just to kind of play out. I, I think this is going to be a, a trial and see kind of rest of the season. Yeah, I, I can kind of see and that that writing on the wall a little bit. I, I do think I think HaHa maybe wasn't a Pro Bowl talent. I mean, I think he made the didn't he make the Pro Bowl because somebody got hurt. He might have. I don't think he was actually. And what is the Pro Bowl really? Yeah. We don't really judge off of that. But I, I think they might, they will miss him back there. I, I still think he was a talent. So, it, I don't know. I, I don't know if this. I don't know what they're doing right now. I just don't he, see him as a, like he used to. I think the first few years, like you, you saw him kind of leading that defense. He was kind of felt like a little bit more of the quarterback of it. But that's clearly Blake now. Yeah. Blake runs that D. It's uh-huh. not him. Haha ha can be really inconsistent too. He'll he'll have these stretches where he does look like a Pro Bowl safety, and then there's other times where it's just you notice him late to a spot or right. missing a tackle. I know just this Rams game, it's hard to criticize him too much, but he was on Josh Reynolds the one play where Reynolds just faked inside and went outside and caught an easy touchdown. I know that's a tough play to defend, especially when it's perfectly executed. But Haha ha bit pretty hard and he doesn't have the speed to recover. So I'm all for the Josh Jackson experiment. I got to give a little shout out to my dad. He has been saying since the day we drafted him, that guy should be a safety. But what, just because he murdered us? <laughs> because he murdered us. <laughs> because of his ball hawking skills, he was just saying, like, put that guy in a position to intercept passes. Like, that is his skill. And speaking of salary cap, I mean, we get we get a little bit of relief from moving on with his contract. We get a little over $3 million. And we were six and what six point seven million under this year, so we moved ten million dollars into twenty nineteen to be able to. That doesn't hurt. Sign. So something. And I just want to say, Josh Jackson. I I get names confused a lot. I don't want this to end up on stats and corrections next week. When I say Josh Jackson, I mean the football player from Iowa, not the actor from Dawson's Creek. So if I say <laughs> if I say Pacey should be our our starting safety, just leave it out of corrections. Yeah, just like Corey Hart yeah. is not. Well, I mentioned his name. Yeah, he who should say, not be named yeah. has been named. So yeah, we, we will keep him out. Yeah, no worries. But as you just said, Pete, you don't know what to make of this trade. So we're kind of figuring out what is going on with the Packers. Yeah, what I mean, Guten Kunz. I mean, do you like what he's doing? Is he has he been bad or good? Is the re- rebuilds happening right? Uh, I guess his plus moves, his his minus moves. I mean, what do you guys think? It's kind of he's done a lot. He's gotten rid of a lot of Ted guys. A lot of Ted draft picks are gone. And so it's interesting though. We did still go after Jimmy Graham and paid him decent money this off season. That experiment's not really working well. No, he. I don't know if he's anything more than just like a red zone jump ball artist. Yeah, but at least he went after a guy like that, I guess. I mean, you got to take a chance every once in a while. But well, then maybe is it possible our uh, starting free safety next year is not even on the roster? 
It could th- be. That his plan is free agency or I don't draft. know about the draft. Oh, the draft. It's always the draft. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, I kind of wonder what's going on with the organization in general with the – what came out of a weekend where we we thought they they turned a corner at least the defense definitely showed better Petten looked like the like they had him come to play the offense looked typical but I mean they were, we were right in the game we were a botched kick return away from seeing the heroics of Aaron yet again but then afterwards like you have Ty didn't even address the media I mean we had other issues in weeks past I mean Mason Crosby addressed the media and owned it where you have Ty on his phone walking out the tunnel, just not even like, just ignoring that. And then McCarthy calls him out, just basically saying, like, the plan is to kneel in that. And he knows that, the, like, the team knows that. But he made a mistake. So he kind of covered for him, but yet he didn't. And then, like, Ty finally talks. And he shouldn't have. So, like, that whole ordeal. And then you, like, as Pete mentioned, typically it's like they keep it in-house. Like, it's always an in-house thing. But now we're starting to see players leaking stuff about it about different players talking about how they can't trust him like they he blew up on the sidelines just before that so they think that he was being dysfunctional so if if he knew what was supposed to happen and he knew the play was to kneel it and he completely went against what McCarthy wanted and the team wanted like that means like that's a completely dysfunctional team and McCarthy's lost is starting to lose the, the team. So if that plays into some of the movement, if Haha's out kind of outspoken in that locker room too, not really wanting to be in Green Bay, and now clearly Ty didn't want to be there either. I think I, I think it's a good move by Gunkus to get rid of them. I mean, you don't want that locker room if, if if at the end of the day they did it to save the locker room, I'm all for it. On top of whatever they got for those guys. Right, because there was always rumors that was the reason Josh Sitton was let go, is that he was very vocal about not being happy with mainly, I guess, management. He wanted a bigger contract. He felt like the the offensive line was always talked about as a strength of the team, but they didn't want to pay him like it. And I guess he, from what I heard, he had a really hard time letting that go. He would just bring it up constantly. And yeah, maybe this is the same kind of thing where – they need to fix the locker room. Randall too. Randall was another guy right. who, who was let go. I mean, that's a good thing. I I like that Gutenkunz is holding these guys responsible. I, I I do like that Max said, "Hey, he made the wrong play and didn't cover his butt when he we all yeah. knew he made the wrong play." So I guess Max Max said the right thing and Gutenkunz did the right thing and it, it's a fireable offense. I mean, you you didn't yeah. do your job. You you broke protocol. You. You broke protocol, bringing it out into the news the next day. You didn't talk to anybody. It's like a obligation that you have to talk after games. It, it that's a thing too. Like it's just one thing after another builds up, and you just have to kind of get rid of the cancer. I feel like that's how I kind of knew something was going to happen, whether it was going to be released or whatever else. Like you just don't see McCarthy even hint of that. Usually he, yeah. he's very coy about like tiptoeing around that or completely covering for his guys. And he, and he sort of did it, but yet not at all. Yeah, usually he talks like in cliches when he's trying to just defend his players. He Very makes poorly. Those, yeah, those same comments about like good good, uh, good football team, got some, made some good football plays. But I, but I hope I hope this locker room is still intact because even in post this season, I, I don't know. You have a lot of guys leaving at the end of this year. Yeah, you would think if uh, Gutenkunz doesn't have uh, 
you know, any loyalty to guys like Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb. I mean, they're right. both definitely gone at the end of the year. Allison's a, a restricted free agent, but he's still potentially I, out there. And you wonder kind of what his future is either with the emergence of the rookie I, wide receivers. I will say I at least like the idea of moving a cornerback to safety much more than Thompson's plan of drafting two safeties and moving them to cornerback. <laughs> right. It's that's scary. That, that's what you know. Speaking of Randall, the second he gets out of town, he goes back to safety. Like he really had no business at being a corner, despite the fact that you know you're saying he was a problem in the locker room. He did tell one of the coaches, "I'm the best cornerback in the league." <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, you're not. He was he was slightly off on that one. Well, it's like Petten obviously had a had a input on that. It's like yeah, yeah. this guy, I can't. Yeah, I like believe, he, yeah, he doesn't even know. I think it was the secondary coach he told that to, and the coach said, "Oh yeah, you should try playing like it sometime." <laughs> what's crazy between like that stuff and and even now the rumors for mccarthy i mean i mean we talked a little bit about it i know some of the personnel stuff is not always his fault but i think the lack of creativity he's shown in the offense i i I do think we're on the verge of potentially a change of scenery need for not only our offense and aaron and that team but even himself i mean he's not a terrible coach by any stretch but no but you do feel it does seem like big changes are coming like this could be a really interesting off season just based on how much we might you know yeah, shake we up haven't the seen roster we thought last time o- yeah. we thought last off season they shook things up because they changed coordinators offense and defense this could be a this lot be more a change yeah. yeah with a lot of the players probably leaving i mean you kind of look at who's available possibly you you get you guys got anybody in mind you were talking about josh mcdaniels uh, I kind of pulled up a couple guys here. You got Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Uh, he's been pretty amazing this year running that offense. Uh, Oklahoma head coach actually Lincoln Riley is kind of like your sh- McVay. So I mean, there's there's a lot of guys out, a lot of names out there that I think could actually be a good coach on this team that that'll help change this system and change it for the better for Rodgers. So despite all this turmoil, we're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Which is why I think some fans found it so surprising, especially the haha Clinton Dix, is why trade him when no team in the division is like running away. It's it's wide open. The Bears are four and three in first place. The Vikings are four, three, and one in second place. And we're sitting right behind them, three, three, and one. So it's certainly within reach to jump up and grab the division. Yeah, know. you've already beaten the Bears. Get so in. I mean, you have that tiebreaker, I guess. Well, you won't have a tiebreaker because there was a tie. So yeah, I don't know. And even like the the whole NFC pitcher, I just feel like even possibly a wild card might be there for the Packers somehow. I guess it all matters how they get out of this big stretch of which they lost against the Rams, but do they beat the Patriots somehow? Do they probably, well, I mean, the Dolphins are actually not that bad this year. So it's just kind of interesting. Like, It's like, is this upcoming like Patriots game a must-win game now for us to even say we're still have a chance? I think if you're thinking division, it is. You have to start winning games. You can't just go win-loss, win-loss throughout the whole year. That's not how you make the playoffs. But we're so used to this this bad starting the year every year 
and now it's kind of getting leaking into the mid year, and we're not we're not as fans used to this kind of play. But when Rodgers has an injury like he had, I think maybe it's a different different scene if if he doesn't get that knee injury. That the Packers could most likely only have one loss this season and the tie. So they could only have one loss this season. They could have been two undefeateds last week. They've had really weird plays and their games. Like, they've been pretty close. So it's just kind of interesting how, how this season has gone. It could have gone the other way, and we could have been masking all of our issues. Well, I guess it went the bad way, and it's kind of showing all of our issues, and now we've made two trades, and now the Mac firing is probably coming. So Yeah, that, that Detroit loss was, was I think, the – real tough like that was a tough loss I mean we, we lucked out against like the 49ers I mean we, we came out and not many of us thought we had a really big chance against the Rams they surprised us the defense came to around I don't think we can bank on Aaron Rodgers saving us week in and week out no so unless this defense comes to play like they did against the Rams I, I think if they if we play like we did against the Rams against the Patriots I think we're okay I think honestly I think we have a really good shot even though it's in Foxborough, and I know we're on, we haven't won a game on the road. I think that's yeah. still a good chance, but it just doesn't it, feel good. I know you can say we shot ourselves in the foot for some of these losses, but you can also look at it as good teams don't shoot themselves in the foot like that. Uh, you know, tough losses or not, missing a bunch of field goals, fumbling at a key time. Yeah, that's just stuff you can't do and. As you said, you know, we're we're winless on the road and at New England, at Seattle, at Minnesota. Those are the next three That's road tough. games. That's tough. And are you going to be at the Seattle game? No, I regretfully wasn't able to go. Oh, well, that might be a win then because we have a tendency yeah. to curse. Yeah. So, we're not so you're welcome, Packers fans, that, a, that nobody from the, the core superfan group is going to be at that game. I do... I mean, if you would have told me the Packers' defense would be ranked 17th in the league, 15 to 17, I would say, wow, I, I bet you we're having a good year. So, I mean, is the Packers' defense that bad, or is it just because that, their offense just can't stay on the field and the defense is on the field the whole time? I think the defense is solid but flawed. There's no pass rush. Like, there's no consistency. Which is amazing because we all – I think we all felt to begin this season that that front – was stout yeah and you named off guys i mean granted perry and matthews were the big guys that we didn't like but those mid guys were we thought they were going to have amazing year and daniels isn't where is daniels i haven't even heard his name in the last couple weeks i know he gets double teamed a lot i watched a little bit of that game and and he's getting kind of bottled up quite a bit i think that's why you see kenny clark kind of getting some of those plays that he that he does what i did find quite interesting is where has this pressure the blitz, the the crazy schemes that we saw against the Rams, like where was that all year? Was it a matter of because I know we heard this a lot with Dom too, is he's has a very complicated system, and the personnel wasn't right for it, and now Pettin's I think even more complicated, and the personnel was the same, so I I don't know if it's just a lack of, of not having the right guys that can run these complicated defenses or they really just focused that on the in the bye week and they came out with what Petten really wanted to run all along. I, I guess we won't know until we see him in, in New England, but that was fun to see. I'm only, I, I'm okay giving up a couple of those, the little bend bone break, but those back-breaking plays or whatever else, when you have half the time or more, they get to the quarterback. Like, Goff was not comfortable all game long, and that's a testament to the, the defensive scheme played. 
Maybe Patton's just becoming a little more comfortable with the players he has. I mean, this was completely new to him to come in here and with all guys he's not familiar with. Like, Kenny Clark has three sacks in the last two games, and Blake Martinez has four sacks in the last three games. It's interesting to see who's getting pressure. I mean, you would, the reason I said we're flawed is because our edge rush is just so weak. It's Clay Matthews and Nick Perry. Does Nick Perry even play? I feel like I see him out there for a handful of snaps a game. I was supposed to ask the same thing. Like, is he hurt, or is he just... 14 to 15 million dollars of waste. I think it's just a matter of if you don't perform, you're not playing. Fackrell's probably performing better. Yeah, Fackrell has as many sacks as uh, Matthews and Perry combined. So yeah. He's the one who's been playing. And I mean, he should be out there. And it's, it's good that you're finally seeing that. Well, just because you're getting paid on this team, now it doesn't matter. You're If you don't perform, you're not playing. And I kind of, I like that, that I like Petten. And I hope... That's the one thing I'm worried about. Okay, we get rid of Mac. Is Patton leaving? Because I I do like what Patton's doing. It's getting better and better every week, right? So, and I mean Alexander is is another guy who you got to admit if we don't have Alexander against the Rams, they probably gash us. Like Cooks, yeah, he was he was bottled up. Jared's really amazing. good. Amazing. He's good. Yeah, that the Rams game really featured Alexander, Martinez, Clark. Those guys really came to play, and I think that has to be the the focus of the defense going forward. Even Fackrell had some like really bright moments and a couple points. Surprisingly, yeah, yeah, but I mean, Alexander had five pass deflections that game. I mean, it's in you don't see that a lot in a football game. So, so there is hope for the defense. There is some young talent there. So, So, quick predictions, Packers. Patriots, what do you think? Pete, come out of Fox Bar with a win? Yeah, man, I don't I didn't even think about this. It's just What's your so, gut feel? My gut says they win somehow. I think I think it'll be just like the last game. I really do. I, I, I don't think these trades will be a distraction to them at all. I think Rodgers plays with a chip on his shoulder and says, hey, we're going to go prove – to the world that we're still the Green Bay Packers and I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm going to beat Tom Brady. I don't. I think. I think they do pull it off. So I. I so they were without Sony Michelle still, right? I so, so I know Cordell Patterson played running back last week. He's become just kind of a like gadget the Ty, player. He's the Ty Montgomery of the Patriots. Oh, a good version though. Right. So I. I think if the defense comes to show, it comes to play. If they come to play like they did against the Rams, and even like, let's say like, slightly less, but they still come hungry and they they play aggressive, have aggressive scheme plan. I I think we come out of Foxborough with a win. Yeah, I actually, Especially I'll the be the banged up constant pessimist. Uh, I think the Patriots win, but I think the Packers give them more of a game than people expect. Especially, it seems like everyone. He's kind of down on the Packers after this week, after the tough loss to the Rams, and then trading away, ha-ha, Clinton Dix. But the Patriots are one of those teams, I guess they did beat the Chiefs this year, but they've had a lot of other games that have been closer than you would expect. You know, they had kind of the shocking losses to the Lions. Right. Jaguars big. But otherwise, I don't know, I feel like the Patriots just – they, they kind of just feel out the season. All they're worried about is winning their division and the playoffs. Right. And if they have to, like, 
hold Gronk out of games or do whatever. But I do just worry that the Packers have been pretty bad on the road this year. So I gotta say Patriots. So I think with that, I think we're gonna have to push off fantasy talk for for the weekend. So I think we'll give you a, a little bit about it. We want to talk about the super fans a little bit. Probably not tonight, but I'll give you a little, little piece of it. We're three founding members of, of a Packer for Super Fans group. I'll tell you a little more about the backstory coming this weekend. But part of that is an honorary member of Frank Lamping, so we had a chance to talk to him about a week ago. I mentioned to him about this podcast, and he was excited, overly excited to come do it. It was like, it was like when? When? I'll be there. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to have a, a special uh, episode dedicated, dedicated just to him about the road to the um, Packer Fan Hall of Fame, and I don't think there's a bigger super fan than that. Yeah, we would officially have a Hall of Fame member, Packers Hall of Fame member on the podcast. So that'll be exciting. But I think until then, I really want to push you guys out there to make sure you like us on whatever platform you're on. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe. Um, if you like it, please rate us five stars. If you don't want to rate us five stars, don't do it at all, please. <laughs> Go to a different podcast and find find a Dodgers podcast and give them the one star that you would Oh, Mike, one more. Mike Machado's still not a brewer. Still I, ch- not I a just brewer. checked that. Is Scope a brewer? Um, <laughs> we haven't decided yet. Okay. To be determined. All right. We'll keep an eye on that one. Questionable return. Right. So social media, Facebook.com, questionable to return. Twitter, Q to return. Uh, keep the questions coming at the mailbag at our website, questionable to return.com slash mailbag. And again, keep listening. We'll be back to, with you guys after the weekend. Have a good night. Goodbye, everyone. We will see you later, or we will see you at another time. Uh, goodbye? Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>